Welcome to Just James's podcast. Scooby Doo Doo, Wobbly Wow, Billy Mariah, Wow, 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 with Thomas, definitely not Timothy. Yeah! Nailed it! Hello, everybody! Welcome back to Just James! It's your host, James. I have my beautiful co-host, my beautiful plant, Thomas, with me. For those of you new to the podcast, welcome! For those of my regulars, welcome back. Dudes, how how is it after Easter? How? How are we already pretty much through like the first quarter of the year? I don't understand this. I don't understand. Why is this year in such a hurry? Where is it going? Why is it in such a need to hurry past us? So guys, I hope you had a great Easter break. I had a very chilled weekend, very, very quiet. I had a um, IPL laser followed by a Frax laser and then followed by IPRF on my face on Saturday. So I'm in a bit of recovery mode at the moment. It's a six-day recovery. My skin is looking very... uh, I look like I'm definitely from a bit of a horror movie. My skin's peeling. It's all red and agitated. But at the end of it, it's going to look amazing. So I'll talk about what I had done. Because some of you guys really like the medical procedures. And I have said this so many times. I refuse to age gracefully. I refuse. I'm not going to. I will do everything in my power to ensure that I look young as long as I possibly can, I will defy the aging process. I'm convinced of it. So <laughs> that's me personally. But the thing is as well as I do work in a medical industry. I have been in the medical industry for many, many years now. Um, and when it's at your fingertips and when it's something that's quite accessible, it's very hard not to delve into it, if that makes sense. So it's very easy for me to gain access to these cool and wonderful procedures and you know my very first podcast that I ever did was about my having boob surgery so you know if you're here for it you're here for it so I hope you guys are well I hope you had a great weekend I obviously had my face done so I couldn't really go anywhere I just hung out at home I didn't really do much Uh, I'm watching Yellowstone at the moment I'm absolutely obsessed obsessed with it I literally hopped with one this morning had to convince myself not to watch another episode so yeah I'm a little bit tired today I must say and it's like that fake Monday blues that Tuesday blues because it feels like fake Monday and I am really tired and really struggling today but it's fine it's fine I'm actually going away this weekend to Center Parks which is a um sort of like a resort if you want to put it within the UK there's quite a number of different branches and you go and stay in these little log cabins and um you there's loads of activities to do it's a lot of fun family stuff to do uh so it should be really good fun going with my family we're gonna go hang out for a little bit so it should be great fun I'm looking I'm really really looking forward to it so I'm heading off on Thursday and then I am back Monday evening next week. So it's going to be a good couple of days away. So I have so much to do before then. I literally this morning suddenly bought my train ticket. So I'm very, very far behind this week on what actually needs to be done as a functioning adult. I should have done this two weeks ago. 
But it's been, you know, it's been one of the time of year where I'm just so busy. I'm almost like losing track of things that are going on in my own life. And suddenly went, oh my God, I'm going away this weekend, aren't I? I'm not even like ready for it. I'm not even prepared for it. And it's birthday parties that I'm going away for. And I, I'm not even done with the presents. Like it's just, I'm definitely, definitely unorganized this week, which is very unlike me. I am such an organized person. I generally have everything done weeks and months and days in advance. And suddenly this week, I just feel disheveled. I feel like I don't know what's going on. So anyway, we'll get there. We'll get there, I'm sure. I'm sure you guys will be a lot more organized than me this week. But what I had done to my face, just so you guys know, I have spoken about this on another podcast. Um, I did this probably two months ago, and I've repeated it. And basically, what it is, it's a... You know, if, if you can imagine, like, there's so many different types of skin concerns. There's hyperpigmentation, there's acne scarring, there's dullness, there's fine lines. Uh, and you peel all that away for, like, a glower, healthier skin. And that's essentially what I did to my skin. I did two different types of lasers that are designed. The first one is to pick up – I have a bit of sun damage on my cheeks from years in the sun in South Africa – you know, as I'm getting older, I'm in my 30s, I've got fine lines that I'm concerned about, I've got dull skin that I'm concerned about, and basically I've done these lasers that are going to blast away these imperfections. So the the laser that I did is called a Fraxel laser, and there's two, there's different machines, there's different types of Fraxel. I had the Nautilus machine done, and a lot of patients use it for acne scarring, and you sort of you know, it really helps with the self-esteem behind that. And, you know, if you sort of have a look at photo-damaged patients and their skin and their, like, sort of neutral tones instead of being speckled, there's so many things that you can do to undergo this procedure. That's It's not it's not invasive in the sense that, like, if you put some numbing cream on your face and have it done six days later, you're fine. You're not sort of, like, it's not a very invasive procedure. But... You know, people go for the hyperpigmentation. I did it for skin damage. Uh, you can do it for wrinkles, for acne scarring. And, of course, you know, what happens is the laser is applied to your face, but it's done on the whole face, uh, then, uh, but not the neck or the hands or anything like that. I just did the full face. So, basically, it's sort of like it, it presses lasers about – 0.25 millimeters underneath the, the skin surface and penetrates the skin surface so that it can um the wavelengths of it basically target the pigmentation the sun damage and then you can go deeper you can use different machines if you want to target like wrinkles and texture and acne scarring so i'm just um targeting sun damage so we did the IPL laser to push the sun damage up to the surface and then we did the Frax laser which is then used to sort of like penetrate the skin and help really reduce the sun damage from what it does so what it does is basically the energy from the lasers they create like tiny little thermal destruction if you want to call it that and it stimulates the growth of new and healthy cells and replaces the old ones. So it forces your skin to sort of peel away the old ugly ones and then penetrate and then naturally create type 3 collagen for your skin to, to get better. And of course, it creates new skin, which is going to be healthier and, and like more natural, if you, or I mean, more, more smooth, if you want to say. So. You know, you've got to make sure that you don't have excessive breakouts, you don't have any wounds, that you don't suffer from, um, 
Oh, what are they called? Uh, on your lips. Um, oh, gosh. Cold sores. Yeah, I don't get cold sores. Um, touch wood. But if anybody suffers from cold sores, this can definitely bring up cold sores and stuff. So the whole, I did the IPL laser, which was actually not very long. And then they put 25 minutes. I put a numbing cream on my face. And then they did the Frax laser. And then they did the IPL where they draw, they draw up blood. And then they spin it around. And they take out sort of the plasmas and the the good cells from your from your blood, and they put that back on on your face as well. So it's a really like detailed. I felt absolutely very sore afterwards, and I came home and I um, had a little sleep, and then I looked fine. And then that evening, I sort of like really burnt up a little bit. I wasn't feeling very well, but I think the adrenaline had sort of like worn off as well. So, um, you know, for for the laser, you need at least like six days downtime from it because you're going to be red and peeling and scaly. And that's sort of the phase that I'm in this week. And um, I've got to keep my face out of the sun for two weeks now. Uh, I've got to avoid any harsh products or treatments, no sort of retinol, a very gentle cleanser, very gentle moisturizer and sort of avoid picking at the skin, which is really difficult because it's quite itchy. But um, I should be all right. So what I'll do is when it, when I've done with it, I'll sort of do some before and after pictures and put it on my Instagram for you guys as well. But, um, you know, as, as difficult as the little session is, I definitely see a massive difference in my skin. Um, and I, from what I understand, need three sessions to really help with my sun damage. And I should potentially have no more sun damage after that. So I'm really excited to see to see um, how, how it works. Sort of uh, the thing that I did for the three sessions, you know, for people to understand the price of it, you're looking at about £650 a session. I'm doing three sessions of it. Um, so if you, it, it is like the big mummer of, of the procedures. And, you know, some of the side effects of it is a bit of redness. It can be sore. You can break out a little bit um, afterwards. Um, but if you sort of take an antibiotics and try not touch your face that much, it's a really good thing to do, but that's what I've just done. So if anybody wants some more advice or, um, you know, some more information on it or which clinics to have a look at, then like give, hit me up on my Instagram and I'll give you guys some advice. So I was talking the other day on my podcast because I own a, um, a dog grooming salon so I'm, I have a mobile dog grooming salon where um, I groom little doggies um, and I sort of I have a mobile sorry I've, uh, somebody sent me a text and it sort of caught my attention for a second there I do apologize I'm like a little squirrel I was like what what was that um, <laughs> so I got a DM from somebody who said they want they're looking at getting a puppy they listened to the podcast of me saying uh, that I am a dog groomer and they're like, look, I realize you only, you know, you, you wouldn't be able to come and groom my little doggy, but I just want some advice. And I was like, absolutely. So, and in normal podcast style, I decided to share the knowledge, you know, gives, gives somebody asks you something, I'm going to share it on the podcast. They wanted to know what was a good age to start grooming the puppy. And they've got this little, Oh gosh, what a puppy was it? He did tell me what puppy it was. Oh, I forgot and I'm so sorry you did tell me what type of dog he was. Anyway, it's irrelevant to it basically. But 
you know, firstly, congratulations on your new puppy. And it's a really fun and engaging relationship. And I think that getting a dog to interact with grooming from an early age and see like that it's not a negative experience is a really good thing to do. It establishes good behavior. And if you know that, you know, their first experience goes quite well, it can be said that their whole life should be like, a, or technically, it should be like a positive experience when you when you have a dog groomed. And I can definitely tell how, like a dog that's been groomed from a puppy, how great they are to groom because they listen, they know how to lift their paws, they just let you get on with it, they don't fight and like argue with you, whereas a dog that hasn't really been groomed can be like really difficult to groom and then you feel like you're stressing them out and... Honestly, if you can get them to groom from a really young age and they get along with it and they think it's a great thing to do, then it's a really great thing for your dog because if you can touch their paws and their teeth and their nails and their ears and get them used to being handled in those areas, then also when something goes wrong, if they have like a thorn or they've been hurt or they have an injury or an infection, you you can handle those parts of their bodies better because they're used to being touched there they're used to like being groomed and having their paws um you know groomed out and things like that so it actually helps on more levels than than one if your dog sort of is used to being groomed so it's a really really good thing to do um and you know unfortunately i would say if your if your puppy's being is really comfortable being handled and you can stop brushing and combing them, then they'll be ready to be groomed. I would say at about ten to fourteen week mark, even if it's just a puppy groom when they go in, they just have a little bath, nothing gets done to them, but they get used to like the smells and the sensations and stuff. I think that's a really really good thing for them. But not all salons are treated equally, so make sure that. You pre-vet the salon, make sure that you're going to somewhere where you've done some research, you know that they've got good reviews, that they're not going to hurt your dog, they're not going to restrain your dog and make your dog really, really scared. And I think some of the things that you have to take into account when you're considering a groomer is number one, the facility smells good. You know, if it smells like dirty, wet dog and it smells musty, it means they probably don't wash their equipment properly, they probably don't ensure that the salon is uh, of good standing, and I think that's really important. Is the salon well lit? Is the location clean? Are the people knowledgeable and friendly? Are they interested in your dog? Are they just a money-making scheme, or do they actually care about what they're doing? Are the pets monitored when they're in the kennels? Because sometimes they'll place them into kennels, and if they're not monitored, what happens if something goes wrong? Um, are the dogs and cats separated kenneled? You know, are they in the same area? Because some dogs could be nervous or scared or, or aggressive towards cats. Um, you know, does the salon use heated dryers? Um, you know, if, if they don't use heated dryers, why not? If they do use heated dryers, are they safe? Uh, are they well sort of maintained as well? And the pet care products that they use, are they using all natural? Are they using healthy ingredients? What are they using to groom your pets with? Is it quite clear can you see what they're grooming with? Or they're buying like in bulk from China. Like, you know, sorry, not mean to be mean to China in any way. I'm just saying like, are they using a product that, that's reputable from a really good brand? Are they home making their shampoos and you don't actually know what's being put into it? It's very important what you're getting put onto your dog's skin as well. Um, and when you know that the people grooming your pet have good reviews 
and they use all natural products. They treat their dogs with respect. The puppy has the best chance of experiencing a great grooming session. And unfortunately, I have so many dogs that, that I look after that have had really horrible dog grooming salon experiences. And they're absolutely petrified of the salon. So it's really sad. And it's such an important thing because this is, it's a time where your dog's actually getting a little bit of pamper and a little bit of love. And they should enjoy the experience. It shouldn't be petrifying for them. So now that you've done all the preliminary work and it's time for your first groom, make sure that your pet gets the best experience possible. And, you know, let the groomer know everything you notice regarding their sensitive areas or places they should be working on. And after the initial consultation, say like a happy goodbye and give her a treat. The groomer is a trained professional and, you know, they choose to groom because they love pets. So if you've done your research and you know that your puppy's in good hands, then let them stay there. Sometimes it actually really helps a groomer if the owner isn't hovering over because dogs tend to act up a little bit when you're hovering over them. You're nervous for them. You don't know. You've got somebody else that's grooming your animal, that's handling your animal and they can sometimes pick up your anxiety and then they're very difficult to groom. So sometimes it's actually better if you just leave them alone. Go let them be groomed. Let them enjoy their session. Come back. Um, and of course, you know, after the puppy groom, it's always a really good idea to give them so much love and attention so that they really do see the like excitement behind uh, behind their grooming and what their grooming is like. So um, you know, for those of you guys that have puppies or are new to, to having your doggy groomed, I hope that this sort of helps you as well. So, yeah, I'm actually grooming a little little doggo tomorrow. I'm very excited about it. So, uh, and he's one of those little little babies that are just so good at being groomed. He loves his groom. He's so cute. And he like, while you're grooming, he just kisses you on the face. I just love him. But anyway, guys, Easter was here. I, you know, I, I'm sure there's so many... Easter eggs running around. There's so many um, leftovers from from your Easter's, and you know sometimes I'm not a big chocolate fan. Like I like chocolate, but like I'll have like a square of it, and then I'm done. Like I'm, you know, I'll have a little block, and but I can't sit and eat like a whole chocolate bar. It's just it's not something that I really like. I like squishy things. I like like um, Swedish fish. I like my all time favorite sweet of all times. But I like like wine gums and like like Turkish delight and like things like that, like squishy things. Absolutely love squishy things. So for me, I'm I would rather have that than like a like an Easter egg. I, if you buy me an Easter egg, it'll probably sit in my cupboard. I'll probably recycle it next year and give it to somebody else because I'm not I'm just not a very big like chocolate person to be honest. I like crunchy things, chewy things. Um, that sort of stuff. Uh, but I thought of looking at ways to like use your leftover Easter chocolates. So I found a recipe. It's on a website called Delicious. A delic- and it's just full stop, delicious, full stop. Um, and they had 25 ways to use your leftover Easter chocolate. And I'm not going to like go through all 25 recipes. I think you guys can Google it yourself. But I thought I'd mention them. And then if it's something, if one of them like, appeal to you go find the website uh delicious.com.au and you know you can pick up the recipe yourselves but at least you can like look at the idea or look at your own recipes be like oh that sounds like a great idea so some of the things you can do is almond cherry and chocolate spliced spliced spice florentines 
dark chocolate sour cherry and pistachio biscottis, bitter chocolate and orange Vietnamese whirls, the chocolate, oh, you can take your chocolate eggs and then make chocolate brownies. Um, there's like literally nothing these chocolate biscuits can't solve. Like literally there's chocolate chip biscuits. There's chewy chocolate and salted pretzels. There's um, souffles you can make, chocolate schmores, chocolate pots with caramel toffee. Um, again, brownies, chocolate olive oil and sea salt toasties. Chocolate cherry tarts, spiced chocolate bread puddings, uh, waffles with chocolate sauce on the top, chocolate ganache, salted caramel and chocolate tarts. There's mousses. There's, oh my God, there's so many different things. I'm actually like, for somebody that doesn't really like chocolate, I'm very, very impressed. Uh, The little black dress chocolate cake, hot chocolates, peanut butter and milk terrains, uh, chocolate blocks, f- f- oh gosh, there's so many different things, I feel like I'm repeating myself a little bit, but there's so many different things, chocolate wheat buck cookies, I mean, some of them sound absolutely so lush, I would definitely, if you've got leftover chocolates and you don't really know what to do with them, there's an idea for you guys, hopefully one of those will, like, tickle your fancy as they say, <laughs> I feel like I felt, I fell off the health wagon this weekend, you know, basically from Thursday until now Tuesday, I've done absolutely no exercise. I literally haven't left my house. I've watched Yellowstone all weekend. I've watched movies all weekend. I've just chilled. I've watched so many TikToks. I don't know what to do with myself. And I just, I feel like I've fallen off the wagon. And I feel like I'm like now today, I'm really struggling to get back onto like the healthy kick. And I'm just trying to get back on the health train after Easter seems very difficult. So I think you've got to start small and then maybe plan a three-week workout. So instead of overdoing it and like going, oh, I'm going to go six days mad, I'm going to do it all. I think if you can sort of pre-plan your sessions for the next three weeks, it might motivate me and I'm saying you, me, to get back into it again. Uh, My exercise bike that I have in my flat is working. So it is fixed, the leg is fixed, and I actually might go and do like a little uh, bike session for about half an hour just now, just to maybe get myself back into it. Um, I'm trying not to restrict my calories. You know, it's it's very tempting to cut calories in order to make up for like all the shit I've eaten for the last couple of days. But I think... Sometimes, you know, extremes are not sustainable and dramatic reducing your food intake, you know, for the extra exercise and you're like trying to get back into it can actually, you can, you can damage yourself a little bit more in my opinion. So, um, you know, try and like just eat a little bit healthier. I'm trying to slowly cut out the junk food again. I had a little bit of McDonald's. I had a little bit of junk food. So I'm just trying to like get back into maybe like a little bit of healthier eating this week Um, and sort of like returning to exercise after the break and just doing a little bit healthier than um, than I can and sort of getting back into a regular routine. You know, I think today in particular, it's just I'm finding it really difficult to like be in a healthy routine today. I just don't feel like it. But one of the things I made yesterday from a low-calorie cookbook was a um 
a pea and smoked gammon soup, which was divine. It was so lovely. So I had that for lunch today, but I had a croissant with it. So I don't know how healthy that was. And then I had a piece of chorizo. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I'm half winning. I'm half winning on the diet. <laughs> but I need to try and get back into a regular routine and, you know, have more fiber-rich foods. They're going to help sort of, um, you know, get the digestive working, start achieve, set achievable goals this week. I think that's what I need to do. And motivate and remind myself, you know, that that just get back into it. And I'm sure by the end of the week, I'll most likely be uh, back into the routine and back into like the swing of things because I'm really struggling this week to get back in, into into the craziness of of life, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. I hope you guys get back into it. I hope you had a great Easter and just. Uh, this year's flying guys it's it's almost summer the weather's getting warmer it's a bit colder in london today it's a bit overcast doesn't look like it's going to rain but it's certainly overcast after like a really lovely weekend i think we're really blessed this weekend with the weather so we'll see how this week goes but yeah you know my conundrum last week uh my lovely dear friend michelle who's one of my first listeners who always gets conundrum was the first one on the ball this week um so she got that i have to give her a shout out because she's my conundrum queen and there was a there was about four of you guys that got it as well um i didn't write down a list i'm sorry but the the conundrum was what is so fragile that saying its name breaks it what is so fragile that says that saying its name breaks it and the answer is silence so well done, guys. Uh, one of the listeners that got it last week, her daughter, Tilly, uh, asked if she could give me a conundrum. So I said, absolutely, Tilly, of course you can. So Tilly's conundrum is, what has four wheels and flies? What has four wheels and flies? So if you guys want to send your conundrums, uh, your your answers to my Instagram, just James podcast, just underscore James underscore podcast, uh, try and guess Tilly's um conundrum this week and i will give you guys the answer next week so i'm following a really cool new tiktoker she's called olivia she is an anesthetist and of course for somebody like me who comes from the medical industry i really appreciate anesthetists and she does her makeup um she uses one palette for her whole makeup and she sort of she talks while she's pumping between her anesthetist um, sessions and, you know, while she's doing some of their family. But I really enjoy her. I just think she'd be like, she'd definitely be somebody that's like my buddy. She's just such a nice girl. So her TikTok is the underscore O crew. That's O-C-R-E-W. And I really love her, Insta- uh, her TikTok. So if you're looking for somebody new to follow, definitely give her a shout uh, but guys, you know, I think we need, let's try and get back on the, on the wagon this week. I know we're all struggling and we're all tired, but you know, if, if there, if it's only when we take chances when our lives are, are there to improve, I think the initial, the most difficult task is to take, is that we need to take is to be honest with, with ourselves as to what we need to do to make changes. And I think after a week of chilling and maybe boozing and spending time with our loved ones and eating chocolate, and we need to make those changes and get back into our regular routine. Sometimes we just have to be honest with ourselves to what we need to do to do that. And for me, it's certainly getting off my ass and just getting some motivation this week 
And I hope you guys are motivated. I hope you have a wonderful week. And we will chat again next week, everybody. Goodbye. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. Just James and Thomas the Plant.